Hello, everyone, and welcome to Science Unscripted. It's Connor here. And Gabe. We are going to talk about the coronavirus just a little bit here at the beginning. I know... Oh, wow. That, really? Well, it's... Okay. Th- there aren't too many people talking about it at the moment because the numbers, at least here in Germany, have dropped substantially. We're walking around Deutsche Welle without face masks again. They were implemented up until about a week or two ago. Yeah. And the numbers have dropped so much that we're allowed to walk around. Uh, the, 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 the rules have relaxed once more. So why talk about it today? It's because there's a a report um, that absolutely blew me away. And I'll start with a little anecdote from, uh, this is actually from my parents, who way back at the beginning of the pandemic, they went on a hike, uh, Mount Rainier, locally. Mm -hmm. And there were very few people hiking. But of those hiking, almost everyone was wearing a mask. Outside. Outside hiking at, you know, thousands of feet, a few thousand meters high. That's idiotic. That's what I thought at the time. I thought, well, okay, they've, you don't have to do that. Outdoor transmission, the, for a long time, outdoor transmission was essentially a non-factor. It just seemed like an e- e- extreme thing to do that probably wasn't necessary, but of course it protects you, so you know, no one's going to tell you not to do it. Well, okay, so a, what blew you away? A, a report out of China. This is from the China CDC Weekly. So rewind a couple months now. This is August, middle of August. And this report is basically about what happened at a public park um, in a city of 30 million, kind of in the middle of the country. Mm -hmm. And what happened was a 41-year-old guy, it was 7 o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. on a really hot day, it's August, Mm -hmm. enters the park jogging, does four laps around a lake in the park, and then he leaves. Sure. He was there for 35 minutes. Yeah. And, and and that was it. Of course, he's not wearing a mask. When you go jogging, you typically don't wear a mask. No. The path was four meters wide. So, right, even if you jog Spacious, past, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a nice wide path. Yeah. Um, and then he went home. And because the, the no COVID policy in China is very, very, yeah, uh, rigorous, he, like a lot of people, took a throat swab test that evening at 9.40 p.m. and tested positive. Because of the jog? No, because he'd, uh, he'd flown to uh, Tibet, basically. Yeah. Uh, he'd, he'd, he'd been on a flight a couple of days before, flew back. They later figured out that sitting around him on this flight in the 33rd row were some people who were positive. Yeah. This was at a time where, according to the official figures, the average daily number of new infections in China was about 1,000. So there were not too many people getting infected at this time. Okay. And he was one of the unlucky people who, who got infected. And he ran around this lake four times. Did he infect anyone? Right. While running? Right. So that was the question. So this immediately set into in, into sequence a chain of events, uh, part of China's no-COVID policy. They tried to track down who could he have possibly infected. Yeah. So what they did is they went through, well, first of all, they interviewed people who'd been in the park. They looked at surveillance footage. And then they did something that I don't fully understand called action track positioning. And what I assume that is, is uh, smartphone data. That's probably the easiest way to figure out who was in the park at the same time as this guy jogging around. Mm -hmm. What they established, 260 people were quote-unquote close contacts. That means they had been within one meter of this guy. Those people, 260, were sent to a quarantine hotel for a week just because they'd been within a a meter of this guy who jogged past them. Jail? Quarantine hotel. Yeah, define it how you like. (laughs) Jail. This is extremely rigorous 
no COVID policy. Yeah. Uh, there were, Perfectly uh, illustrates why some of these protests have been happening. And I think China's leniency now, or at least they said they were going to... I'm not sure what the, back, what the official message is, but this is, yeah, this is connected to, to the protests that are yeah. popping up in various cities around the country. Okay, so they're in, uh, they're in the hotel. 20, 260. Another 20,000 were considered at risk. These were uh, people who had been in the areas that patient zero had also been in, but not necessarily at the same time. They were told to go home and quarantine for three days. 20,000 people. Because of this guy's jog? Because this guy jogged. So I would have been the first prior to this report to say this is wildly restrictive or it's asking, yeah, from our perspective here in Germany, okay. uh, probably in listeners around the world. Well, lo- okay, how many, how many people did he infect? He directly infected 33 visitors to the park and two park cleaners who then went on to infect another four people for a grand total of 39. Wow. Through that jog. And again, this is a kind of information that, that, that people have been speculating oh about, God. wondering about for, for the whole pandemic. Can this happen? And this, as far as I understand, is the best example of it being tracked. Wasn't it data out of China originally in 2020 saying that 999 out of a thousand times or only one out of a thousand times you're going to get the virus outside? Yes. And we reported on that very extensively because of that when that data came out, I, I think I was sitting here at this microphone saying, "This needs to be communicated publicly." If Stop you meet wearing out, a mask outside, if you meet outside, you're safe. If you meet inside, you're not safe. So, mm-hmm. um, this immediately raised questions because people are saying, "Well, look, did those 33 people, those visitors, plus the the people working at the park, did they get COVID?" Yes. How can you actually say that it was from this guy? That is a bit tricky. Mm-hmm. Well, you can say that. If you sequence, genetically sequence those samples, and they did sample the people who tested positive, it is the same virus with maximally one mutation. The conclusion is pretty clear, and it's, it's astonishing. Um, a person jogging past you is enough with this variant it probably for, for you to get infected, it probably depends on the temperatures, the humidity, the wind, or the lack of the wind. It was really hot that day. Um, it was between, I think, 34 and 42 degrees Celsius. That's 90 to 107. So this guy, this guy's yeah. tough. He's a 41-year-old. It's like more than 100 degrees no. Fahrenheit. He's jogging through the park. He's a tough guy. Um, and yet that act was enough in relatively low humidity, about 45%, to infect all of these people. No, that, that completely changes the idea of how you can get infected because I figured from the data out of China that it was not possible to get infected outside unless you kissed someone. Pretty yeah, much. or uh, it depends how you define outside. Sometimes people have these pavilions that they're standing under and the air kind of gets stuck inside. I, I, you know, Jogging around a lake? It's, yeah, and it has also led to the question, I'm, I'm somebody who jogs, uh, it's led to the question, you know, is there something about jogging, this vortex of wind that you leave, that, that you create behind you that causes, you know, the air that you exhale very vigorously. <gasps> yeah, a lot of virus going out, in and out. You know. To hang there. Or so out. Uh, there are some people listening to this who are going to say, well, I don't care. That's just, you know, that's the a world. lot of people. Yeah, that's, that's the world Most now. People. That's the risk. Yeah. yeah. And some of you are going to, I think, find that re- very relevant. Um, you are still doing your best to avoid this virus, getting either a first infection, a second infection, or a third infection. Mm-hmm. You have vulnerable family members or are, are vulnerable yourself. Yeah. And it, it appears that this is a transmission risk. That is a, a, a very useful piece of information there. Here, this one could be as well. Um, study out of USC, the University of Southern California, real quick here. Um, a billion people, around a billion people on the earth right now are at, are at risk of hearing loss. One in eight. 
Yeah. One in eight human beings on this planet. Right now, as it stands right now, 430 million people have disabling hearing loss. That's one in 15, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, according to this study, it's on the rise because of the way people listen to music or use smartphones with these earbuds, headphones. I use those. Yeah, I have, yeah. I have AirPods. Yeah. Uh, apparently, people are listening to music way too loud, according to this study. They looked at 20,000 people, and it's particularly, particularly young people. Um, because of these, they use these air, earbuds more, headphones more. Yeah, a Bluetooth, yeah, a wireless bud style thing that you push into your ears. Yeah, they're saying that twenty three percent of adults are exposed to unsafe uh, noise using these uh, devices. Twenty seven percent of minors, people under eighteen, and forty eight percent of people aged twelve to thirty four because of loud uh, concerts. Music venues. Oh, because of concerts, so yeah. not not related to the headphones. They, you know, both they they looked at both factors. So on the one hand, use of these devices. On the other hand, the going to loud concerts or loud venues. In the end, it's leading to, like I said, 430 million right now. It's putting at bet- somewhere between 700 million and 1.6 billion people at risk of disabling hearing loss. That's what it's at. Okay, so what what. <laughs> This is going up simply because the technology has become more ubiquitous, right? It used to be that people might have a Walkman walking around, but there, yeah. were, there were not too many people on a given day who were rocking out to music, just walking around town or hopping on a bus or a train. Or a, They've just got their headphones on all the time. And when it, it's, it's not... You can get hearing loss from relatively low decibel levels, like even at 70 decibels, which is... It's not loud at all. If you've got that on constantly... That can lead to hearing loss. Yeah. If you've got it at 80 decibels, 90 decibels, then of course even a lot less. But if you've got if you've got those headphones on, let's say five, six, seven, eight, sometimes ten hours a day, at 80 decibels, you will be deaf probably. That, you have just the way you pronounce that word decib. I, I would say decibel. Decibel. But with you saying decibel, it made me realize <laughs> the origin of that word. I guess Deci, decibels, ten bells. Yeah. So it's it's a measure based on the sound of bells, is I su- is what I assume is going on there. We'll have to look I, that up. Well, this show's unscripted, so I don't know. But yeah, uh, no, it, that has concerned me because for a while I, I bike in, yeah, pretty regularly to work, and I would listen to music, and it would make me bike faster, and I was in a better mood. And there were a couple times. So there's wind, right? Well, that's the Whoosh, thing. That's the and thing. so you keep dialing it up, yeah. and then I would hop off my bike and be like, what? Let, let, Am I listening? This is so loud. Let's say you're on a loud train. Of course you're going to turn it up so that you can enjoy whatever you're listening to better. Um, there are new devices where it warns you, look, do not go past this level because it will lead to hearing loss. And my my knee-jerk reaction is, shut up. Come on. I want to enjoy my, my nirvana. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, or possibly. Listen. No, seriously. Listen to those warnings because... According to this study, they're 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 there for a reason. You could also get these noise canceling headphones. Yeah, those work. And the reason why this study scared the living out of me, um, I took my seven year old daughter to a concert. Oh uh, right, yeah, this summer to yeah. see Alec Benjamin, and I should not have done that. From a single instance of of of, of loud music. You can get tinnitus, which leads to hearing loss, disabling hearing loss later on in life. And my, my seven-year-old and my 10-year-old, yeah, I probably, yeah, I hope 
I don't pray to God for many things, but I hope that they aren't, you know, deaf one day because of my, because I'm an idiot. Hopefully, obviously they're not. And secondly, good information for music venues around the world to pay attention to. Well, and and possibly rules, laws to force them to keep it down. And for anyone going to a concert, you see it more and more now. Um, Either noise canceling um, earmuffs and or earplugs. Put those in. Don't, it doesn't matter what you look like. If you feel ridiculous, save your ears. You'll you'll thank yourself later. Absolutely important. Last thing here, speaking of unscripted, we had a show a while back yeah. uh, where there was a question that popped up in the middle that we couldn't answer. It was, why is an Oyster card, which is a, a, a metro card that you use in London, London. Yeah, to take the tube, to Why is it called buses, an Oyster? Why is it called an Oyster? And this was in connection to a COVID study that made it pretty clear that, yes, if you take public transportation that you're at a higher risk of contracting. Why is it, why is it called an oyster? So uh, we got an email with a link saying the question that popped up uh, was a good one. Here's a link to an article from a website I'd never heard of, My London. And uh, according to this article where the author posed the same question, why the heck is it called that? Two other names were considered, Pulse and Gem, but it was Oyster which made the cut. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was chosen as a fresh approach that was not directly linked to transport ticketing or London. Andrew McCrum, who was brought in to find a name by this design company, said of the name, quote, Oyster was conceived because of the metaphorical implications of security and value in the hard bivalve shell and the concealed pearl. Its associations with London through the Thames estuary oyster beds and the major relevance of the popular idiom, quote, the world is your oyster, were also significant factors in its selection. So but essentially it's that, that opening sh- open and shut of the, of the oyster. I guess by pulling, when you pull this card out, it's, it's you, you know that feeling, right? That's you sort of you that, open my, up my an idea. oyster and you see a pearl. We've all, we've, <laughs> we've all been there. Same feeling. Well, that was my idea back in the show that, that, that people actually carried around oysters and they get, you know. What it made me think of was um, <laughs> my local one uh, back home is called the Orca card. And that, you might think, well, that doesn't make sense either. Orcas are in the water. Yeah, and but Orca stands for one regional card for all, some kind of Lord of the Rings vibes. Mm. One regional card for all. But and, the, and the oyster in oyster London is, it, is a metaphor for, for something. For the bivalve. Yep. Okay, so yeah. thank you for um, helping us answer a pretty unnecessary question to even yeah. pose or any wonder other, about. We but. love those. As a matter of <laughs> fact, we love any question that you pose. Come on, we don't, we're not getting many emails lately. Yeah, send them. Come em. on, guys. Send them. S-U-D-W dot com. Science Unscripted.